Amen. Thank you so much. We sang about victory in the first service today. We've sung about victory now in this service. So we know that our victory is in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're glad that you've come today uh, to celebrate that with us every time we come together. Take your Bibles, if you would. Find it on your smartphone, whatever you need to do. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 14 through 17. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. Also going to be sent to Psalm 119, but we'll... Uh, give you plenty of time to be able to find that here in just a moment. We appreciate you being here today. Shout out to many of the parents of our college students. Appreciate you coming and being with us today. And thank you always for being here. Always good to see uh, guests and new guests. Sometimes you're a new guest. You think, well, you're the only one. Well, you're not. We have uh, always have new guests in our uh, all of our worship services. And we're glad to see you. Appreciate you coming, being a part of our service here. Some of you are frequent flyer guests, but that's okay. We're glad to see you back and uh, good to see our members here today. We, we started the series beginning of this month uh, talking about uh, you've got questions. Figure people have questions always and particularly all the things that uh, we see happening in our world today and maybe just in you individually and we know that He is the answer to those questions. So we're going to talk about some of those things. It's a little bit different from a Topical standpoint, but we're always going to find a scripture and let the scripture and let the Lord speak to the scripture. So we've talked about uh, hell and heaven already uh, this month. And uh, we're talking about absolute truth today as we find it from God's word. Going to let it speak to us. But we appreciate you being a part of what's taking place. In the month of October, we're going to continue to this series. And we're going to talk about uh, questions you may have for marriage and family. We're all going to talk about... Questions about the suffering in this world. If people are asking and people are suffering, it would be good to find what God's Word says about it. Uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit is at work. Uh, also, uh, we'll talk about suicide and the unforgivable sin. Kind of a spoiler alert, those are not the same things. But uh, we're going to take a time looking at that. And then October 31st is on a Sunday. And uh, we're going to talk about Jesus' triumph over evil. And uh, we sung about it today already. So... Uh, hopefully you'll be a part and be, uh, anticipate and bring others with you as well. Second Timothy chapter 3, this now is the Word of God, beginning with verse 14. But as, you, as for you, continue in what you have learned, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. May the Lord bless the reading of His holy word today. We, we've talked about truth before and we define truth. We define truth certainly in the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible says He is the way and the truth and the life. We know that Jesus is truth. We've also defined truth as the good news of the gospel, certainly as found in Jesus. He is the way and the only way. We know that we are saved only by grace through faith and not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we know about the truth of the gospel. It is the definition of truth. We also define truth by that which has been written in God's Word, by which we've read today from Genesis to Revelation that speaks to us about that which is absolute truth. Now we talk about, it may sound like three different definitions, but there's no way that all these three could be separated. Today we give tribute Though to the Word of God, which is the Bible, and to the living Word, who is Jesus. We, the church, we hold the solutions for the questions and the problems that people are facing today, all individuals and all the world problems of the world, because we know Jesus 
and because we have the Word of God. See the importance that we, and I mean we, part of God's church, we the people of God, that we put on the Word of God as truth every time we come together. It is central to what we do in worship. It's central to what we do in our Bible studies on Sunday morning or at any time. I imagine sometime today somebody has mentioned a ball game probably somewhere in the vicinity in the walls of this church probably has happened today. And that's okay that it happened and that we've talked about some of those things. But we understand and we know that the central to that which we discuss is what we know about Jesus, what we find in His Word. We have Bible studies throughout the week for uh, different uh, classes and men's and women's on Wednesday night and there's hardly a day that we don't have some kind of Bible study that's taking place either on or off campus or something that is happening. We began this uh, uh, semester with encouragement to involve as many Parkway members and friends of Parkway with our 100 essential days of reading and prayer. Bobby mentioned that uh, earlier already that uh, uh, that we encouraging people to be involved in these hundreds of essential days, 50 from the Old Testament, 50 from the New Testament, in order that we might be able to uh, understand God's big story, the big picture of the Bible. And it's something we're going to continue. We may continue to give 100 days of reading, you know, over the next few years as part of our vision over the next 5 or 10 years. But we want all people, that, that when they come in, new members, lost people, people are coming to know Christ, we want to give them this idea, please be reading this 100 days of essential Bible reading. So they also might be able to have the foundation of the big story and all uh, that that means and so that we might understand more and more of the big picture. Now, if you're not part of our 100 essential days of reading, you don't have to be a member to be a part. We've got them in our kiosk and shelves as you go out that you could pull out that. We also, there's an app that you can follow along, has a devotion that goes along with it. If you've started and maybe somewhere you stopped along the way, I encourage you maybe to Pick that up. It's not so much that you finish in 100 days, but it is good uh, that you finish. Or if not that, just have some kind of reading plan in which we encourage you to be, uh, read God's Word. See the importance as we celebrated last year, last week, 50 years as a church. By the way, welcome to the first Sunday of our 52nd year. It took us a year to celebrate the first, the 50th year, so now we're in our first Sunday for 52nd. If you're looking forward to the 100th year celebration, you're only 49 years minus one week away, and we'll be ready. We'll be ready to celebrate that. Had a great celebration last week. We talked about past. All things happened in the past, not all the things, but many spotlighted many. We talked about what's happening today. We burned our uh, note. We are standing before you today debt-free, and did you notice where you hear, or maybe you even heard, all the children that stood up? Both services, we had children standing up here on the front. Every child, first through fifth grade, received a brand new Bible because we're investing in the next generation and we want to continue to do that and we'll continue to give all of our first graders and uh, first grade a new Bible every year in the days to come. See the importance God's church places in the Bible because it's the only place that we will find absolute truth to where we can actually pick it up and we can touch it and we can look at it with our own eyes. It's my prayer today that you will renew or begin your belief in the importance found in reading the study of the Bible. And if the world and you and others are looking for solutions, this will be the first place to look. And yes, you'll not want to miss your daily Bible reading. You'll not want to miss being a part of a group study of God's Word. You'll not want to miss coming in hearing what's taking place in the worship and the preaching of the Word of God in fear that you may miss out on what God 
has to tell and teach each one of us. Paul the Apostle tells his young apprentice Timothy, we read it just a moment ago, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. The sacred writings, what we know, uh, we call it the Old Testament today is what Paul was referring to, but it's an appropriate way to describe the importance of all the Bible. Now, for Timothy, we're told how he was influenced in the Jewish faith by his grandmother Eunice and his mother Lois. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. And, and how he became a follower of Jesus, we understand through the preaching of Paul. In the sacred writing that Paul talks about, the inspired scripture breathed out by God applies to all of the Bible. Can I give you a couple of words of caution? And when we're in danger of losing the importance of God's word, because for you and me and the culture and world in which we live, the Bible and the teaching and the preaching has become so commonplace. Think about some parts of the world there where they live where there is no Bible written in their translation still today. Or aware that it's so rare that Bibles are taken and pages are carefully torn apart in order that they might be distributed so more people might be able to have access. And then when they come together, they trade them like uh, baseball cards in order that they might be able to read more because believers are clamoring for more followers of Jesus. Today on this Lord's Day, already probably in parts of the world because we're later in coming into the Lord's Day today, but already many have gotten up and they have traveled for miles if not hours so that they might be able to gather together with other worshipers of the Lord Jesus and hear the Word preached. This, I mean really, is it really that important? Yes. It is the greatest news and we hold together before us. If you've got it in your hands or even looking at it on your smartphone, it is the greatest document ever written. There is none other like it. Many have died so that you might have a copy of the Bible and the good news might be shared. But the easy access to the Word and the number of Bible proclaiming churches within a strong's throw possibly of where you live could cause us to lose importance. So we need to be careful that we do not, does not become so commonplace. So what if I have missed this Sunday or next Sunday or the Sunday after that. I mean, I'm sure the next time I'm ready that the church will be open. Well, we found out in March of 2020 that may not necessarily always be the case. And here comes the other caution. Many of you took a break. I mean, you just got out of the habit, whether it was from an overabundance of caution or you just found out without church attendance, my goodness, you had more time for yourself. You had more time for your family. Maybe you felt more rested on Monday, whether you were quarantined or not. You know, there are habits, there are good habits and there are bad habits. The reading and studying and worshiping God are all good habits. And how thankful I am for those who have made it possible so that we might be able to join others live stream. Many who are watching even today as we always know and always have. But if you wanted what is best for you, you truly want what is best for your family and you won't be able to face the world on Monday and every day of the week. I'm standing here on my two little feet to be able to declare to you today, you will never find what is the best solution for you. You'll never find what is best for your family. You certainly will never be able to have solutions for what you and the world need without God's Word being central to your life, without being a part of the body of Christ. And certainly without a growing relationship with the Lord Jesus. Paul tells Timothy, and he tells us, tells Timothy particularly to stay in the Word. To Timothy, he says, to stay with what you've been taught. 
And for many of you who have been brought up in church or brought up reading, studying the Bible and the Ten Commandments and learning about the stories of the Bible and about Jesus and what Christ did for us on the cross, He rose again the third day. For many of you, that's the same message that you need. But for others, it is to learn something new. It is to learn truth from the Bible. Now, reading the Bible does not assure us of salvation, but it gives truth and it gives wisdom to find salvation. We read verse 15 just a moment ago. I want you to notice at the very end of that, it even talks about that you might have the wisdom to find salvation from God's Word. It defines in just a, four words there a summary of what salvation is. Go ahead and take a look. It is faith found in Christ Jesus. Faith in Christ Jesus. Then the next verse, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. It's kind of like John 3.16 when it comes to understanding how much God loves us that He sent His Son. 1 Timothy 3.16 helps us to understand the importance of the Bible. Here's how it says it in the New King James, excuse me, the King James Version. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Now let's slow down for just a moment. Let's be sure that we understand this verse. Not like even John 3.16, we can know it so well that we may lose its significance. You may not know this one as well, but we do need to know its significance. For all of Scripture is given by inspiration. That is, that it is God-breathed, which makes it different from any kind of inspiration. Now you could be inspired. You could be inspired to uh, draw a painting. You could be inspired to... Uh, write a book, you could be inspired to clean your house or wash your truck. I mean, all these things could be ways of inspiration. But the inspiration here has to do not necessarily with just the people being inspired, but the Word itself being inspired. And they understand about it, God breathing, which is the way it says it in the English Standard Version, helps us to understand that the Lord used every all 40 who wrote the Scriptures even used their personalities and their wordings, but it was written, everything that was written was accurate and it was trustworthy. It was for doctrine, and sometimes translated as teaching. Many things that we could say about that, but to help us maybe to understand, it teaches what is right and what is truth, absolute truth, only authority that we have, that we could see, that we can touch, all authority above anything else that's ever been said or that you've ever heard that's ever been written. Only authority that we have of truth is found in God's Word. It is for reproof. Other translations say for conviction or rebuking, so it helps us to understand what is not right or what is not truth. It is for correction. So if you understand what's not right, well, it helps us to understand how to get right, how to correct the truth, or maybe a better understanding how to correct what is false and make it truth. So it's correcting what someone else has said or something else that has been said is truth that is not. For instruction, it's how to stay right, how to live truth absolutely. And it's the only source we have if you want to be able to live with confidence, if you want to be able to live and go forward in the assurance that you are doing that which is good and right and what is best, which is only found in the Word of God. How important it is to be in the Word, according to verse 17 that we read also a moment ago. So that the man, or the woman, the man of God, anyone, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now here, Paul wrote 13 letters. He's writing his last letter here, 2 
to the last chapter of his last letter to be written. And he's helping Timothy to direct the church to help to endure the persecution that they're going through. As well as to combat false hope in those who would turn from godliness to worldliness. And even in the church sometimes. Boy, does that sound familiar? We read verse 14 and following just a moment ago. Look at the two verses just above that. Verse 12 and verse 13. They're not on your screen, but if you've got them or you just listen as I read them. Verse 12 says this, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Did you hear it? All those who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Not might be, better watch out, depends on where you live. Now we know there are other parts of the world and other things that people are facing that bring much persecution, but you, you seek to live a godly life, there will be some persecution. And then verse 13 says this, While evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. What is the vaccination for the endurance in the world in which we live today? What's the solution where evil is not only tolerated but often celebrated? And goodness or godliness is mocked or considered intolerant. It is truth discovered by God's followers. Do you know the truth? If you answer that I know all the truth, well, that's a little bit arrogant and probably not really correct. You do know the truth because you know Jesus if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know where to find the truth because we know that we find it in God's Word. But there's always more to learn about Jesus. There's always more to learn in God's Word so that we might be able to not only know but also be able to apply. It's it's truth that we find from God's Word that helps us for living. We need to be constantly reminded and learn from Him and from His Word. Humbly coming to His throne with a teachable spirit. And yes, we need to speak the truth and let us do it in love. Let love, grace, and truth win the day. Now our focus this morning is on the solutions from the Word of God and the importance of being in the Word individually and small group, worship, and all the ways in which we can be. And then as we continue to move forward and look to find solutions, to the, the solution that's found in Jesus, we know that we're going to come back again and again to God's Word to be able to do that. But our object lesson for you today is that which you're holding on to, perhaps if you've got the Bible, or if you've got your smartphone, or if you don't have that, maybe you want to get it, because I'd love for you to hold on to it, actually have it in your hand or your lap and not close it, not put it down for the next 15 minutes. Because we're going to talk in the next few minutes, if, if this is really true that we're talking about, is really important, well, let's put it to the test. Let's make some application today. Now, we've been in the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want you to go to the Old Testament, Psalm 119. As we go to Psalm 119, uh, and as we go from the New Testament, the Old Testament, reminding us, of course, that all of it is the Word of God. And uh, Psalm 119 ought to be an easy ought to be as easy as finding Genesis and Revelation because depending on your study Bible, if you could divide the Bible right in half, you would open up probably the Psalm, I've been told, Psalm 117, which is the shortest chapter in the Bible. And Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. And it gives tribute to God's Word. And we're going to spend these next few minutes giving tribute and making application if God's Word is so important and powerful so that we might be able to understand the power and the privilege of the Bible. It's not by mistake that the longest chapter pays tribute, talks about praises, gives honor to Holy Scripture. Now, I challenge you this week to 
read all 176 verses of this chapter, spend time meditating and reflecting on what the Word of God will do in your life if you'll let it. But we're going to look at some of these, and as we do, if you've got your notes there, look at the ones, I guess, I think all of those are listed there, so you know actually what direction that we're going. But we're going to look at what God's Word does for us and how we might apply it today. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you, let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against, against thee. Now, so God's word keeps you clean. Or at least it will keep you cleaner. We understand that uh, we know that Christ has made us righteous by His blood. We'll never be sinless, but... He makes us holy. We want to continue to be holy. We want to stay. God's Word keeps us away from temptation and sin. Now, we'll never be sinless, but we have that which will help us to sin less. God's Word holds the voice of authority to keep us from sin. We live in a sin-stained world. From time to time, we're going to get the dirt of this world on us, and it leads us to know the cleansing power of God's love. There are a lot of people, plenty of people, who take showers and bathe every single day, yet they never feel clean because they've yet to understand the cleansing power of God as expressed and explained in His Word. The Bible says He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness and knowing and internalizing God's Word is the Christian's best method against temptation. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness in those 40 days after His baptism, we know that He used God's Word every time in order to combat temptation. As an example for us and in His humanity, He remained perfectly the only one who is the sinless one. As we read and meditate on it, it cleanses as water cleanses the body. John chapter 15 and verse 3, Jesus said, You're already clean because of the word I've spoken. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26 says that Jesus might cleanse and sanctify the church with the washing of the water by the word. Now if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've been forgiven of sin. How do we keep clean? By staying in the Word. What does it mean to hide His Word in our hearts? Sometimes we read the ESV said store up. But that's something to do with treasure. If you treasure something, well, you want it to be part of your life. You want it to be, you don't ignore it, but you long to have it as a part. The answer to sinning less is to spend time in God's Word personally and with others. Memorizing Scripture. For Jesus said what's on the inside of a person is what comes out. Have you ever heard someone say about somebody, maybe they've been in a lot of trouble or done a lot of bad stuff, and they'll say something, you know, really inside, they're a really pretty good person, I think. You know, really inside, I'm sure that they're pretty kind. Well, it might be they're really kind. It could be they're just rotten on the inside. And what they need, what they need to experience, of course, be cleansed by the blood of Jesus, explained by the power of the Word of God. John MacArthur Jr. said, It's not enough just to read or study the Bible. We must meditate upon it in a very real sense. We're giving our brain a bath. We're washing in the purifying solution of God's Word. Notice verse 18 of Psalm 119. Verse 18 says, Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. If you're going to memorize a verse, this would be a good one to memorize, to begin memorizing other verses. That as you come to God's Word, that you might pray it back. Open my eyes, O Lord, that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. Of thy law. I've heard all the excuses. I can't understand it. It's too boring. I can't get around to it. 
Uh, I, try, I tried reading it once and that just didn't do anything for me. Doesn't speak to me of my problems. Well, I challenge you to ask God to open your eyes that you might see the riches and wondrous things yet to be found in His Holy Word. You'll not only see great and wondrous things about the Bible, you'll see wonderful, great things about the world in which we live. And if you ask the Lord to open your eyes and through His Word, you'll see more about how God sees you. Ask as a believer of the Holy Spirit to reveal that which you have never seen before. Twelve times in this psalm it says, it uses the word, teach me. Or the phrase Bible study is not always easy. It takes a teachable spirit, involves the whole person willing to be taught and changed by God. Now this psalm is divided up into 22 sections, eight verses each. Each beginning with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet in order. 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. It's as if the writer wanted to do a comprehensive tribute to God's Word and not even all of the Hebrew alphabet could express it all. Also believed believe to be, have been used by children, Jewish children, in order to be able, when they were beginning to learn the Hebrew alphabet, and they would take each letter that's written in this psalm to be able to be used and, and also taught them Scripture. Still today, private schools and Christian schools, we know that Scripture is used in order to teach English, in order to be able to also to teach Scripture. In the early part of our country and in public schools, the same thing was taking place. The Bible will teach you if you often come with a teachable spirit. Like the blind man who cried out to Jesus when Jesus asked, What would you have me do? Open my eyes, Lord, that I might see. It should be the cry every time we come to Scripture. Open our eyes. Jesus that we might see. Verses 30 through 33. Psalm 119 verse 30 says, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I'll run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. God's Word gives us that which endures. Gives you that which lasts. Much time... Energy and expense is spent on things that amount to little or nothing. Here, we have lasting and real value, something that is really a good investment. Now, I suppose I could spend time and we could spend time learning facts about the Bible. We know already, you've heard today, the shortest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 117, the longest chapter, paying tribute to God's Word, Psalm 119. Shortest verse, you already know, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus Wept. We know there are 66 books, number of chapters in the Bible, 1,089. Number of verses in the Bible, 31,173. The number of words in the King James Version of the Bible, 731,137. In the King James, I challenge you to count them and read them along the way. I'm not positive, but I'm trying to remember whether that's it or not. We can learn certain things about the Bible so that... Perhaps you could be quizzed or maybe you could do a Bible drill, look, them up, look up questions about the Bible faster than Google could. But more important than knowing the facts about the Bible is knowing, being able to make the application. It's the application that lasts. The sustenance is found in seeking the Lord and being obedient, not the facts. Apostle Paul often talked about the Christian life as running in the race. Jesus has run the race that is set before us. You run with confidence while you're keeping in step with God's Word. And as verse 31 says that we just read a moment ago, you will not be put to shame. Yes, I want you to read the Bible, but walking, running, and living according to the Word gives endurance. And hey, 
If you want to run with Jesus, you've got to get your heart in shape. Did you notice the verse that we read a moment ago that let your commandments teach me so that my heart might be enlarged? What do you think about when you hear that your heart might be enlarged? A greater capacity to love? Oh, certainly. Maybe greater capacity for peace? Sure. How about patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? Let God teach His Word and He keeps your heart in shape and you will endure. Then we got verse 72. Psalm 119 verse 72 said, The law of your mouth is better to be than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John saw a lame man begging outside the temple. You might remember they're about to go into prayer meeting. And Peter and John come up to him and say, Silver and gold have we none, but what I have I give to you. Take up your bed and walk. And the man walked. Evidence is not only that he walked, but also that he became a believer in the Lord Jesus as he came into the temple, praising God. So much a commotion it was that a crowd gathered around. Peter began to preach after he preached. Well, Peter and John were arrested, so much for that. But 5,000 people were saved that day. If a lame man were begging today outside one of our prayer meetings, well, first of all, only a few people would see him. But in the modern church in our country where Peter and John had no money, we have plenty compared to them. We'd have to say, silver and gold I have. And if you're needy enough, if you're worthy, if I feel like you're not really trying to get the best of me, then maybe perhaps I can give you some. So while we can now offer silver and gold, we perhaps no longer offer healing or anything of real value if we're not people of the Word. Lives were changed that day because the Word was preached. The psalmist said, The Word of God is more valuable than silver or gold. It has the power to change lives. Heal the broken world and bring salvation to the lost. What makes this, what makes God's Word, this text, so much greater and more important than the Quran or the words of Confucius or even the Book of Mormon? Well, do me a favor if in your notes if you'd write the word do and the word don't. Write the word do and the word don't because every other writing, every other text, every other religion teaches something that you must do to be saved, in order to get to heaven, in order that you might have right karma, any of these things. Now circle the word don't. Excuse me, I said do and don't, don't I? Didn't I? There's a bunch of D words. Would you do it again and write do and done? D-O-N-E? Or watch the first service where I got it right, either one. Do and done. Now circle the word done. Only God's Word, only this text tells you what Jesus Christ has done for you when He died for you on the cross and rose again, that He's done everything so that we might be able to experience what we sang about today, that we might be able to experience the victory that we have in Him. That's what makes it so value. Give everything away. Sell everything that you have if that's what's keeping you from His Word. Verse 93 says, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given life. The same word that spoke everything to existence in Genesis and in the beginning has the power to give you life to you and I today. Believe the Bible is God's truth. Believe it to be truth from Genesis to Revelation. Three levels of understanding the truth. One of those is historical truth. Everything that was written was a part of history. It's a part of history that was written. So there's historical truth that takes place 
that God's Word is placed in. And, you know, there have been many things that have been written about history, and sometimes even in history books, that have contradicted the Bible, only to be found out later that everything in the Bible was true and that what was written in the history books or what was tradition was false. God's Word continues to be proved over and over again, so it is true in history. Which leads us to what we're going to call doctrinal truth, where we learn by learn about God and man and sin and salvation, heaven and hell, a host of other subjects. It may not be popular to talk about doctrine, but it are the, it, the things that we believe cause us to act the way we act, teaches us about morality and even love. But the end result must be practical truth. Practical truth. We get God's blessings by doing His Word, not simply by learning it. The learning must lead to the living. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the Word of God is living and active and powerful. The Bible says the truth about Jesus gives eternal life to those who believe. It gives you life when you're weak and when you're discouraged and when you feel defeated. It gives you courage and vitality to live each day. Life in Christ is it's just... It's, It's not just not dead. Life in Christ, wrapped in the written Word, is energy and zest and awakens us to the things of God. Oh, there's one more that you need. Many more things that even Psalm 119 tells us about the Word of God. But verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It may be the one that you know of that's most popular in Psalm 119. So that we walk without stumbling in the dark world. God gives you and I the light that we need so that we might be able to walk. And sometimes He reveals the light one step at a time. In other words, if you want to know what to do in a particular situation, you need light on something that's coming up. Well, you've got to ask yourself, am I being obedient to the light that has been revealed to me so far? And as you are obedient to that light, He gives you even more light that you might be able to follow as well. And He gives us the wisdom that we need. If, if you believe it, try it. I was, uh, we, we were with, some, with our friends in Africa, in one of the closed countries in Africa, and we'd spent a day of serving with our mission team uh, there, and it was getting kind of late at night, and we must have been talking late, and I guess we got to ask, talking about what they do for fun. Because <clears throat> they don't have cable television in the, in the village in which they lived, and and so, so they asked us, would you like to go hyena hunting? Hyena hunting. And I said, I said real hyenas? I, I was afraid it was going to be like snipe hunting or something like that. But uh, <laughs> so, well, yeah, if you'd like to go hyena hunting at night, at, why would you do that? I said, you'll see. First, we go down by the village slaughterhouse outside the village. Now, that should have been a clue right there that what we were about to get into, but we took our flashlights and went down to the slaughter, village slaughterhouse. And we listened and looked for hyenas. Now, you hear them, but you don't really see them. But when you shine your light in the right spot, what you see staring back at you are just two yellow beady eyes that will stare back at you. Now, um, I can only think of one word to describe it, and I mean this in a not-so-good-but-intriguing way. It's wicked. And so, like a deer in headlights, they stand there for a moment, and then they take off. 
And we go running after them for some reason. I guess to get, catch them again in the light, you know, that's taking place. We find them, get them in the light, and they stare back at us until one of us, I suppose, get tired. Now, as long as you have your light, you're good. As long as you have your light, you can spot them. As long as you have your light, they're going to be at bay. They'll be running the other way. Plus, you need it to wherever you might be running. God's Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The light of truth, absolute truth, helps you to know the difference between good and evil. Spot that which is false. Keep that which is evil on the run. Don't you dare drop your light. Because there's lots worse things out there than the hyenas. What I want you to do, I want you to read and study and pray over God's Word every day with this in mind. Have a passion for the Bible. Become a lifelong student of God's Word. Know the importance of personal study, worship, and small group study. But in a world of confusion, brokenness, and false hope, run to God's Word, run to God's Son and God's truth for absolute truth. Then shine the light on God's truth for others to see. Speak God's truth in love and live it before others humbly and with care. We study, we believe God's Word, but we worship the One who is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the truth. Do you know the One who is the truth? If you're here today and you don't know the One who is the truth, or you're listening today online, a lot of trouble have gone so that God could communicate to you His truth. Jesus Christ left the throne room of heaven, came and lived amongst us a perfect life as a man, 100% man, 100% God, died on the cross even though He was perfect, rose again the third day and continues to live so that we might be able to have life, so that you might know the truth. And today you don't have to put it off. You don't have to wait for some other time, but today you know that you can call upon Jesus. Ask Christ to forgive you of your sins. Ask Jesus to be Savior and Lord of your life and to give you life for today and life eternally. And the Bible tells us, all who call upon Him will be saved. You can call upon Him who is absolute truth. Let's bow together. Father, we thank You so much for the opportunity today to be in Your house. We thank You, Father, that we come to a place to where we know Jesus' name is exalted, to where we know the central focus of all that we're learning is from His Word. We pray, Father, that today, that even as we've talked about and given tribute and sought application, Father, we pray that we'll become more and more people of the book, know more and more about Jesus, become more and more like Him. We pray today, Father, if there's one who doesn't know You as Lord and Savior, or maybe somebody who has called upon You but never made it public, never shared with anyone, and maybe they need to do so today. We pray, Father, we may continue to speak, reveal, Show and shine God's truth wherever we go. It's in Christ's name we lift these prayers. Amen.